What is up, guys? This is your host, Sam Lister, for the Starting Blank Podcast, and I have a very, very special guest on uh, the podcast today. Who are you? Hey, I'm Martin Moore. Thank you for having me. Martin Moore, what is up? What's going on, dude? I'm so excited to finally be on the show. Super, super excited. So, I know you've done a lot of podcasts. I know yes. the audience doesn't really know who you are yet, yes. but we will get into that later. Absolutely. I will start off with one question for you. Yes. You have an option. So, if you were to be any superhero, you could, be, you could pick that. So, say Superman, Batman, whatever it is, or you could create your own superhero. Which one would you do? Uh, this is gonna sound stupid, but probably like, probably like Iron Man, mainly because I'd want to be able to fly, and I like the way that Robert Downey Jr. looks. Like, if I could fly, if I could cut out driving and just fly to like all the stuff that I do, I could easily squeeze another like two or three hours in a day, <laughs> and then like take the cool suit off, and then I look like Robert Downey Jr. Nothing against Superman because he can fly too. Yeah. He can. Uh, but I, I like the way Robert Downey Jr. looks, and I like the Iron Man suit. So probably Iron Man. That's nice. That's a well done. That's a good question. Thank you. I, I hope you haven't been asked that one to start off. The I podcast. can guess. Say with absolute certainty, no one's ever asked me that before. Awesome. I like it, it. Okay. On, Who on would the, you be? I would probably make my own. Really? I think so. Just because you can combine anything you want. Hey, I, I like a little bit. Are of there su- any? Are there any superpowers that you like wish you had? That, like you haven't really seen in, I like, guess, Marvel movies or DC movies or anything like that. Hmm. I don't know. Like I don't watch like too many movies. Or you know who else I'd want to be? Uh, that dude from the X Men that like. Sl- do you watch like any of the Marvel movies? I can't remember his name. Uh, but he like he can like slow down time and like so like I don't know they'll shoot like a bullet or something. Yeah. And then like the bullet will go in slow motion. He'll be like running around the room punching people. I want that so that I have all that time to do emails. <laughs> <laughs> like in that in between that super slow motion like thousand frame per second just about emails yep, just to do just, emails just for more emails which is my least favorite thing to do on planet earth then, next to pumping gas and grocery shopping <laughs> well good thing we have amazon tesla and right assistance to do emails <laughs> so i don't think you need to slow down time for that um if i had to pick a superhero i would probably combine iron man is definitely my favorite yeah i just i think he's a badass um and he's so, got that cool glowing yeah thing in his chest. and it, used to. and it's inspired by elon like, is it really? I think that's cool. Yeah, like the whole movie. Like there's there's like small like Teslas in the background of, really? of Iron Man. Ooh, Rewatch it. That. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to watch that in Tony's garage or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. Um. So that's in, that's inspired by Elon. But I would probably combine like mixtures of Iron Man, Superman, maybe Spider Man. Spider Man would be dope. Deadpool. I so I haven't watched the Deadpool movies. What? Everyone tells me I need to. What? There, there's more than one, right? There's two, I believe. Two. Okay, so I don't. Deadpool I movies. I really don't watch movies too much. I really love Deadpool. Oh my god, I watch love movies, Deadpool. But I've never seen Deadpool. Yeah, I don't have Netflix, Hulu. Really? Anything. So you haven't seen the Irish? You haven't devoted three and a half hours to the Irishman? Absolutely not. Well, we won't get into that. <laughs> no, we won't. All right, movie tangent done. Martin Moore, in three sentences, in le- in less than two minutes. Yeah. Explain explain your story. I know you don't want to go super deep into no, that. No. Uh, but totally cool. My name is Martin Moore. I'm a content creator for Cost Headphones, which is a worldwide multi-million dollar headphone company here in Milwaukee. We invented the world's first stereo headphone. So any headphone you have that has a left and a right, uh, we invented in Milwaukee, which is really cool. Um, and I got that job in this career making commercials and shooting photos through my YouTube channel, which they found me on which I started my YouTube channel uh, to kind of like pimp out my photography, which I started in 2008. And I started my photography in 2008 because I was sick of working on cars, which I did all the way from 1997 till 2017. So there's been a lot of uh, branches that I've been like swinging to and grabbing on and kind of pulling myself through the jungle, uh, trying to, to get to where I am today. And it's been a crazy crazy journey i bet yeah i bet so that's kind of the the little elevator the two minute elevator uh spiel yeah you've done that before (laughs) you've done that a few times um this podcast is really about like going deep into topics people don't really talk about too much um so so let's start with 10 years of car mechanic stuff 20 20 years oh 20 years a score as abraham lincoln would say (laughs) 20 years of being a car mechanic yeah what's one lesson you learned during that time being being a car mechanic. One lesson I learned being a car mechanic, um, probably patience. Uh, there were so many cars I would work on where they would come up with some crazy electrical problem that I would spend weeks, sometimes months, trying to figure out what's wrong with these cars. 
doing the same thing every single day, trying to figure out what's wrong with this car, trying to figure out what's not wrong with the car to kind of like eliminate certain things and figure out what's wrong with it. Uh, And it took a ton of patience. And I think that patience was something that really carried on um, to my photography and my YouTube channel and getting my career because it took me the, the better part of a decade to get to where I am today. And I wouldn't have been able to go through all that without patience. So I would say probably patience. Patience is super, super interesting. And like being a car mechanic, I would imagine you need to do mundane tasks over and over oh, yeah. and over. Oh, yeah, brake jobs, so and oil much. changes, and rotating Just tires. The same stuff recalls. day to day. And I, I feel like in kind of in like business entrepreneurship, just in life in general, like the people who can master the mundane tasks, oh, yeah. those are the people who win. 100%, 100%, absolutely. How, how is like that related to content creation and stuff? Whether that's that's vlogging, um, personal content, or or costs. Uh, for me, uh, particularly in vlogging, um, it did start to get really like mundane, and it's it really was a lot like working on cars. I mean, I loved what I was doing; I was telling stories. But once you and you know this because you make videos. Once you make a certain amount of videos about a in a particular genre or topic, uh, it's really easy to kind of kill that <laughs> kill kill that story, uh, and so to try and tell the same story over and over and over for days, for months for years uh it's tough but it's also really cool and it really uh it really taught me how to think outside the box really think about what makes a good story what do people human beings kind of gravitate to whether you're instagramming boy that was upside down (laughs) the the listeners can't see that whether you're doing an instagram story a linkedin video a youtube video you're making a documentary um being able to tell a really good story uh and learning how to tell a story from doing like just mundane videos for an indefinite amount of time i think that was probably one of the one of the biggest things yeah like that's that's the reason like why i got into content to become a better storyteller and like be able to tell my story fluently and effectively it's telling a story is a really hard thing to do it sounds easy uh like yeah beginning middle end like piece of cake uh but able being able to do that being able to like make a video or an Instagram story, or LinkedIn video about your trip to the grocery store or your trip uh, to go get a new pair of shoes. Like that's a tough thing to do to make a, a compelling, entertaining story that someone's not just going to skip or end after three seconds. Uh, and it, it's a hard thing to do. And I think a lot of people don't realize how hard it is when they're getting into it. And so patience is very key when you're, when you're trying to get into that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I know, I know you've been there. I know everyone has been there. You, you're listening to someone, someone tell a story. Yeah. That probably not a content creator, but they just go on and on yes. and on about whatever. It could be summed right. up in one minute right. or less, but it drags on for four, exactly. five, six, seven minutes. Like, I feel like video has helped me create a concise story exponentially. Oh, for sure. Uh, because you need to know your story can either be 30 seconds or 30 minutes uh, and there's no right or wrong answer when you're when you're making a, a video, whether again it's a LinkedIn story or, or a LinkedIn video or Instagram story or YouTube video. Knowing when to cut it off is like is key, and not just beat the dead horse. Uh, that's that's a tough thing to learn. Something that I had to learn. Something that I'm still learning. Yeah, I think I think we all are all are learning that. Right. And I, I think when you first start out too doing video, um, like overextending your time just dragging things on is something that you do and as you get better at telling the story and you get more efficient at it uh the watch times get less and less and less your viewership goes up and up and up yeah you become less boring more entertaining yeah exactly have you ever thought about like creating content around like being like your mechanic days and telling people like yo this is so i did stuff so there's if you go to so the Honda dealership that I used to work at, for everyone listening, I used to be a master Honda technician. And we had this super old dealership. And we were bulldozing it and building this giant dealership that's now up. It's been up for a while. Uh, and this was like right as I was starting to do my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the owner and I said, you know what would be really cool is to kind of take all of our customers who come in for oil changes and brake jobs and... and include them in on this journey with us building this. So I vlogged, I made like 60 vlogs every single week of the construction process from digging the first hole till cutting the ribbon. Uh, And you can go on their YouTube channel and see me in my mechanics outfit. And I made these vlogs every single day for them. And that was to answer your question. Yeah. uh, Did I ever think about it? Yeah, I did it. And it was, it was really cool. And it really helped me uh, learn how to tell more stories. Uh, 
Hopefully people don't find it because it's a little awkward because I'm like all greasy and I'm in work boots. But but that's, yeah, I, I was creating so awesome. content even when I worked on cars. I ran our my we I did our first. I think we were the first dealership in the United States when you know Facebook Live when it yeah. came out. We were like one of the first dealerships to do a Facebook Live uh, with our customers and have them ask questions about their cars. When did when did Facebook Live come out? Oh man, was that like two thousand sixteen? Maybe okay, two thousand sixteen ish. Uh, and we would set it up and customers would pop on there and they would say, hey, my car's got this rattle when I go down the road. And I would right there face to face, tell them what I think it is, uh, stop in, make an appointment. It was a really cool way for customers to have like face for face to face conversation with me or with salespeople. And I guess so, I forgot 20, like you said this in 2017, 2017. Right? So I've only yeah. been doing this for costs for two and a half years. That's nuts. Yeah. How, how has that time flown by? It's. It feels like it was yesterday, and I know it's a super cliche thing to say. Yeah. But like every day, I wake up, uh, and I'm so jacked to like go to work. I like when I'm on a photo shoot and I'm downtown, like getting video or taking pictures. I'm just like, I can't believe I'm getting paid right now. Yeah. Like I'm not working on cars. And I have to pinch myself because it feels like a dream, and it's crazy. And I'm just so fortunate and blessed and humbled that I get to do what I love for a living and get paid because not a lot of people get to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know where. It, where I saw it, but it was like 30% of the people actually love their job. And I'm like surprised it's that, that high. Yeah. Oh, it's love probably their job? Lower. Yeah. I'm love surprised their... it's that high. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's my dream job. It's what I would be doing otherwise. So the fact that I get to do it for a living is just like, that's wonderful. Uh, a lot of people aren't in your space. Some 70% or more going back to when you first started content. So you started photos in 2008. Started photography in like 2008. Seriously. Kind maybe, of just, maybe like 2009. Seriously. Okay. Do, so, just taking pictures so of started, whatever. Just like how weddings. everybody starts off photography. You go around your city, take some pictures of some buildings, yep. some alleyways. Then you'd link up with other creators. Buy 50 mil models. Yeah. Uh, then I did my first wedding, which was in Mexico, believe it or not. Really? Uh, that led to another wedding and another wedding. And now I was starting to get paid a couple hundred bucks, a couple thousand bucks. Then a couple years in, I did my first commercial shoot for, I think it was for like a candy company in Grafton called like Sweet Trio. Okay. And then that led to another commercial shoot and more product shoots, which led to shoots for um, 833 East, which is like that new glass tower downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, and, are, and are these all photos? Yeah, still? all photos okay. and videos. Uh, and so I really started getting into wedding and commercial photography. And then it was like around 2000... God, when did I start my YouTube channel? 2014 or 15, I didn't have a single job booked for the whole summer nothing no photography jobs and i was like all right i need to do something to like promote myself Uh, i'm in a creative rut and so i like i don't know why i did this but i went on youtube and i put in milwaukee vloggers like literally no one came up there's like some dude in his dorm room talking to his imac and there's like some beauty vlogger there's no one like that's funny because i did that in 2018 did you really (laughs) and just you popped up really only you yeah i mean there was just there was nobody meandering around the city kind of sharing their experience and so i was like all right I'll start a YouTube channel. So I went downtown to Bradford Beach, uh, started asking people what they liked about Milwaukee. Everyone was like, beer. Uh, and that was kind of like the kickoff to my vlog. And within 10 vlogs, I was do- making them for companies like Hometown Yogi's, MK Boatline, The Safe House, just basically every single company, Bubbler Bikes. Uh, and then on Milwaukee found me a couple years later, I think in 2016, brought me on for like six months to make videos for them cost found me through a video of them and so it's just been kind of crazy to just see i could go on and on and on of how just one opportunity led to another to another to another and most of the opportunities that i took didn't pay me anything all the vlogs that i made for these companies i got paid nothing nothing mm-hmm. i got yeah free hotel stays and like free food and a boat cruise but i didn't get paid anything but they ultimately led me to my job at cost mm-hmm. and so there you go yeah uh, so you're you're just so you you weren't you weren't making videos for them. You were essentially reaching out to them, staying in their hotels, going on cruises. Well, they would reach out doing... to me and say, hey, we'd love to work with you. And they always okay. wanted to pay me something. But I was like, I'd rather just do it, have control, feature you on my YouTube channel. Just okay. let me do your experience for free. I don't I don't think I ever even reached out to anybody. I would just get constant emails. Hey, yeah. you want to check out our new restaurant? Hey, you want to ride on our boat? Hey, you want to whatever? And I'd be like, Okay, how about I just come and make a video for you? Because I love the city that much that I was just willing to do it for free. And also, it was content for me because I was working on cars, so I didn't really have many stories to tell during the day. So any opportunity to do something cool, I'm like, yep, that's a... Because at the time, I was making videos every single day. So it was like, after a week, it was just like, I don't know what the hell else... Like, (laughs) I I don't know what else to 
yap about to the camera. I yeah. mean, I was like going to like parks and like bars and just doing nothing. And so, yeah, you want me to go on your boat ride? Pfft, I'll totally I'll do, do it. it. Uh, you want me to go float MKE? Yeah, I'll go do it. So um, that was that was really cool. Um, I don't know where I where I was going with that. That's pretty cool. Hey, did you ever think about like, oh, I could probably do these experiences and get paid for it? Oh, yeah. I mean, there were some that I did get paid for, but a majority of them, I would say 75% of them I just did for free. But there was ones that I got paid for or like I have like I don't have to ever pay for a hotel somewhere or to get into some museum. Yeah. Uh, or a lot of them led to side jobs for the for the company where I came in and did pictures and videos for them that weren't associated with my YouTube channel uh, that I got paid for. So, yeah, I, I did make m- money here and there. But the main thing for my channel was to pimp out my photography. Uh, yeah. which I never thought it would, video would really be like what Martin, me, more me, I'm known for. <laughs> you know, yeah. most people don't really think about photography in me who know me. They yeah. think about like video, yep. <laughs> which is was never my goal. That's that's so funny. That's so funny. <laughs> going, going back to um, mechanic days, like you, there comes a point in time when you're like, I've had enough. Oh God, yeah. I have had enough. That happened I, about a, a baker's dozen times. <laughs> I literally cannot do this anymore. Yeah. So I guess reflecting back on your first time that happened, do you I remember mean, the that? first time? Boy, that's a good question. Yeah. I remember the last time, but the mm-hmm. first time, I think it's just, I think, I can't think of the first time, but it's just like any time anyone is sick of anything. Yeah. You huff and puff to yourself. You swear. You throw something. You have this little quick conversation, and then you forget about it, move on, and you do it for another six months. And then you have that same stupid little fight with yourself, and then you move on in the next six months. So I don't think there was ever any real first epiphany. I think it was just a lot of little, I'm sick of this shit. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this. And it just built up until there was this final time where I looked myself in the mirror, and I was like, all right, you're... 36 years old or however old I was then is this what you want to do for the rest of your life yes or no and I was like no and so I was done and uh, I just it just pedaled to the floor let's, <laughs> let's go deeper into that because yeah. I love that and and I feel and like that's a hard thing to do super super hard so especially when you have sorry I didn't mean to cut you off no you're good, you're good. <laughs> especially no, when go you know you get to be my age I mean I'm not I'm not young like I'm 39 at the time I was 36 young. at my age you have commitments you have a mortgage you got some people have kids cars i have retirement to think about um all kinds of stuff and so it's it's not as easy to take huge risks especially financial risks and just a lot everyone was like why don't you just quit your job and just start your own company and it's like it's not that easy it's not that i think i'm gonna fail i mean i'm betting on myself do i want to lose no okay well then you're not going to but it's still it's not as easy as that uh and so just quitting was just not an option i always wanted it to be this smooth transition I knew I knew I could make that happen I just didn't know when and so that patience we talked about was really really vital in being patient and just taking every opportunity and and trying to hopefully create something for myself where I could get out of it Um, but getting to back to when did I realize I wanted to like when I was done yeah that was like probably like 2014 or 15 yeah I was like this is it (laughs) <laughs> yeah. 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 This is the beginning of the end for you working on cars. You need to make something happen. And I actually said to myself by the end of 2017, uh, I'm either going to have a job doing what I love or I'm going to quit and I'm going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if I would have done, but that's what I said to myself. That was the mindset. <laughs> yeah. I saw I saw a post the, the other day. I think it was on Instagram or something when like you, I think this was like more targeted towards younger crowd, but you you have two choices, say at, right after high school or right after college or yeah. something. You can start a business and quote unquote grind for say even five to six years until you really make something and really, really make a living for yourself or yeah. one to two years, whatever it is. Or you could stick in a quote unquote safe job for 40 and 50 years. Like people, people go the quote unquote safe route of 40 to 50 years in a stable job yeah. without really thinking about the repercussions of that. Oh, for sure. Of like if you just grind and like put your head down and work for two to four years or whatever it is to, to really build a name for yourself. Yeah. That is so, so much leverage that people don't really oh, for sure, for think sure. about. I don't think though there's a lot of, I don't, I think it takes a special person to be built for that though. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that are very happy just doing their mundane job, just living their life, waking up. Um, are they happy or are they scared to change? Uh, I think it's a little, probably a little bit of both. I think there is people or there are people that they just, they just don't care. My job's good enough. I don't hate it. I don't love it. Uh, and then I think there's a lot of people that are scared to quit. Qu- quitting a job is 
scary. Like yeah. it's a it's a it's a hard thing to do to quit anything like that. But like you said, I mean, if I had the tools that we have now, like all the social media back when I was 21, yeah. I would have been a hell of a lot farther along yeah. a lot quicker. But I didn't. When I was 21, there was, I mean, the internet was still, it was what, 2001? The internet was still like in its infancy. There yeah. was no Facebook. There was no MySpace or YouTube. There was nothing. There was nothing. So, you know, all I did was just drink and play music and, you know, <laughs> wait until 2010 or whenever the hell YouTube came out, you know? And so... Right now, you have a really great opportunity. Even in high school, there's kids right now that are 16, 17 years old that have YouTube channels. They're doing photography. Look that have their TikTok. own companies. Yeah, that are going to be good to go or, or be so far ahead of people that are graduating from college and you know when they're 22, 23, 24, 25 years old. And so use that time because your 20s go so fast yeah. and you'll forget about it so quickly. It's, it's the perfect opportunity to just fuck off, try a bunch of stuff, fail, try, fail, experiment, uh, and try and figure out what it is that you want to do. Um, I, I wish I would have done that. I had to do that in my 30s, Yeah, which was fine. <laughs> I would have preferred to do it in my 20s. <laughs> yeah. Biggest failure. My biggest failure. Or most proud fa- failure. My most proud failure. Whether they're same or different. Oh, man, boy. Or some uh, failure you learned the most from. A failure I learned... Whether that's car mechanic, photography, videography, the I'm I'm not gonna call it a failure, mm-hmm. but uh, maybe it's a failure trying to be something that I wasn't, or maybe that's not the right way to phrase it. Not 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 conveying who I really am. I think when you start doing video, this is all going to be pertaining to video. Yes. When you start doing video, it's a scary thing to be in front of the camera and to talk because you have dozens, hundreds, sometimes thousands of people who don't know you, watching you, judging you, the way you look, the way you sound, what you think you believe, what you actually believe. Uh, And it's a scary thing to put yourself out there on the internet where everything is forever. uh, And then get feedback and have people make fun of you. And I think I played it so safe. I tried to kind of uh, mimic and emulate my idols like Chase Jarvis, Jesse Wellens, Casey Neistat. And I was always afraid to show off my laugh or like I was always worried like what people think of my stupid hairdo or how I talked or or just whatever it was. And I remember like the day where I was just like – I don't fucking give, I don't care anymore. Like, I'm just going to be me, do me. This is who I am. And if people don't like it, don't watch my fucking YouTube channel. I really don't care. And if you do like it, it's just a breath of fresh air because I I get to finally be me in front of the camera. And so biggest failure, I think, was putting that off for as long as I did because I look back at my, I rewatch all my YouTube videos like from time to time. I'll have like a glass of wine and watch them because I make them for myself first and foremost. It's to relive the moments of my life and I I look back and I was awkward as shit in, fr- mm-hmm. in my YouTube videos for probably 160 170 videos so 160 videos where I'm watching myself going ah, I just don't that's not really me that's not me yeah and so I think that was my biggest setback slash failure was not realizing that uh, sooner than I could have and I love that because I've gone through the same exact thing and I made that realization literally, literally like two days ago. Nice. And like that, like I- It's I've, the best, isn't it? I've gone to a few a uh, few trainings, two down in Miami, one in like Sheboygan and like a common theme was like being open and vulnerable. And like yeah. I've, I've preached that but a lot. I like that, being vulnerable. I like that a lot. And there's there's certain levels of vulnerability, obviously. And mm. recently I was like, oh yeah, I, I'm being open and vulnerable online. But in reality, I was not. Yeah. Like I was, I was being vulnerable enough and I was- putting on a mask of yep. hey i'm sharing a little things that i'm insecure about but i'm really holding yeah, it yeah, yeah and since since starting content i've always been business heavy entrepreneurship this is what i'm doing these are the businesses i'm trying to start yeah but that is such a small facet of my life and sure for sure like i was creating that content because i would think other people want me to talk about that yeah. stuff but it's Which really fine not, it's fine but that's not who i am no. like and the thing is is all those little things and you know you make a great point all those little things that you know, you were hi- not hiding, but but keeping from people that followed you, all the things that I kept from people following me. That's all we have yeah. that separates us from everyone else. There's a million vloggers out there doing the same shit as me. Yeah. There's a million 
uh, people starting a business, entrepreneurs doing the same thing as you, your message really isn't that unique compared no. to everyone else doing the same thing. Same with me. So what we have are all the little idiosyncrasies and things about our personalities and our lives. That's what separates us from everything else. And the sooner that you can get that out into the world, share that, the sooner people can latch on to all the real unique things about you and not the bullshit that everyone else is doing. Uh, and so I, I, I love that. And I, I'm so happy that like you kind of like discovered that too. And sometimes sometimes people are born that way. Sometimes it takes months, years to figure that out. Yeah. But when you do... I, I just feel, I just feel like a freaking phoenix like lifting off the ground and like this huge weight off my who, chest. Who cares? What, exactly. Who like, cares what people think? I have I've always like put on these masks and it's it's not just me, but now I'm comfortable expressing that and comfortable being like I th- I think being vulnerable is just oh, yeah. being completely present with your emotions and being able to share them with totally. with other I people. I think too. There's a lot of people, content creators, especially people who do video. Yeah. Who, who they don't want they don't want to come off as they want people to think they know everything. Yep. Nobody knows everything. No. And so, like, being vulnerable and letting people know, yeah, I don't I don't have the answer. I don't know. Like, yeah. share that kind of stuff. You know, share all the yeah. little dumb things that you do or, you know, I don't know, embrace embrace all that stuff. Yeah. No, I, no, I love that. And, like, I've always been obsessed with looking good in front of others. Like oh, God, that, me too. I mean, is, I still kind of do. Vanity is something I care very yeah, much about. Yeah, so, so there's definitely a certain balance there. But, like, all, all my life, like, I have always like struggled with that but i've never really known it until really recently and like that's why i shaved my head because i like i've always i I liked your hair by the way thank you i've always like hid behind my hair as like as maybe silly as that sounds to some people but it is always like a security blanket for me yeah it was like like, this cool yeah hairdo like shaving that off like i bought it i went to walmart bought a nine dollar (laughs) razor buzzed it all off myself what did it feel like the first time you went <laughs> the razor got stuck because the nine dollar <laughs> razor, but it felt like the symbolic feeling yeah. of it was like it was lifted. Now it's you like, have to stare at my face and eyes. Yeah, exactly. You have nice eyes, by the way. So thank you, I appreciate kind that. eyes. Um, but yeah, like it was just a feeling of like weightlessness, and I'm yeah. like, f- I can be me and right. like truly me, and like open up the conversation to other people having quote unquote open and vulnerable conversations totally. about yo. Here are the things I'm insecure about. Here are my biggest self-limiting beliefs whether it's i'm not good enough i i don't look good i need to look good in front of others i need everything to be perfect all of these things people don't really talk about it too much no and i think as content creators and as people with any sort of platform like i personally feel obligated to share those messages and like create that dialogue to other people totally and i think it's it's so so important to do everyone wants to be so perfect yeah in front of the camera and like share this perfect live and it's it's becoming a huge problem i think uh especially for for kids because think about this you're okay let's say you're some 14 15 year old kid and you're on instagram and you're following all these people who project nothing but the best parts of their lives Every picture is beautiful. Every video is perfect. They never stumble over their words. Uh, they travel to all these amazing places. They're just killing it. Uh, you know, they're they're just getting it every single day. And you're just sitting here wondering why nobody's liking your photos. No one's liking your LinkedIn video. No, you know, nobody's nobody's fucking with you. The internet's created this world, this almost like fake world that doesn't really exist. And young people are seeing it uh, and getting depressed over it. Uh, and just like having total, totally huge like mental problems and stressing over shit that like they shouldn't be stressing over. Uh, and it's kind of it's kind of sad. Like it's great that we have all these tools, but it kind of comes with these caveats of like how are young people consuming this content and going about creating their own content? You know, is it the internet's fault or our own insecurities' fault? I think it's probably a little bit of both. I, mean, I think every, people have been insecure since before the internet. Yeah. Um, but it's much easier to mask and hide now. Back in the old days, the old days, whatever. <laughs> okay, like 20 years ago when people were using film cameras. I mean, nobody was Photoshopping their <laughs> their pictures and their picture album. You know, when you were sending in your videos to, what's that show with Bob Saget? The America's Funniest know. Home Videos. Yeah. Uh, people, you know, it was just, it was, it was much more raw then. Everything's so curated now. Um and it's just, I don't know, I, I I kind of, I don't like it. And that was one of the reasons why, sorry not to get off topic, I originally started my YouTube channel, I started vlogging with my phone. And then I did what everybody does. 
I'm going to get my digital SLR, and then I'm going to get a gimbal, and then I'm going to get a mic. And I had this awesome, super sharp, beautiful image of myself. And I just, I didn't like it. I was like, it just didn't feel, it felt too produced. And so I went back to shooting vlogs with my phone, Instagram stories, and just doing this really raw, um, or conveying this, my life in a very raw kind of way. And I actually think the internet and social media is going to come full circle. I think we're really starting to kind of like peak and we're going to hit the apotheosis of content creation. And people, you're going to stop seeing people posting these beautiful pictures of themselves. You're going to stop seeing these gorgeous LinkedIn videos and YouTube videos. And we're going to kind of come full circle and, and get really raw because once it gets to the point where everyone looks like they like their life is lives in a fucking studio, it's going to be weird, you know, yeah. when everyone's an influencer, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so I think it's going to come full circle. I don't know where I th- all I that think came we're, from. I think we're already, no, I, I, I appreciate you bringing that up. And I think we're already there. Yeah. Not, not to scale, but I, I followed like a few more like content creators and stuff that they're showing more behind the scenes. They're yep. being more open to their audiences of, oh for sure hey here's here's the changes i'm making to the content here's how i'm actually feeling and opening up that discussion to other people that transparency is just i think it's better than the content itself it, it absolutely <laughs> you is because people buy into people and yep. like yes oh i like that people don't essentially buy into just fully like polished produced videos and no. stuff like yes peter mckinnon's videos are amazing yeah. like he is the reason why i've been able to start video and stuff but uh, behind the scenes of Peter McKinnon vlogs would be pretty interesting. Yeah, too. that'd be almost more interesting than like I always find it really interesting when like if like I'm in a podcast and like I'm I always see myself in I don't know what view this would be like a first person yeah. point of view. I always love when like I see like I'm in other people's videos and I like see like my feet <laughs> or I don't know my tattoos or like all the other parts of like yourself myself that i don't normally see uh and i like seeing like the behind the scenes of me and other people too as well and so i think i think that's something big that a lot of content creators still don't do that's why i always push instagram stories behind the scenes yeah like because it also helps it's an anchor for your actual content here's the here's our cool video podcast here's my youtube video and here's some of the behind the scenes like people love that stuff they do uh (laughs) tattoo Oh yes! Explain it. New got tattoo. A brand new you one. got a brand new tattoo. What does it say, and why did you get it? So it says, "You only live once, but if you do it right, YOLO. Once is enough." I hate when people say that. <laughs> and uh, so this is a quote by Mae West. She was an actress from the like the 1920s, 1930s. Uh, and I've wanted this, so I've wanted to get this quote for probably the last 15 years. And every year on my birthday, I'm like. I'm going to get it on my birthday. I'm going to walk in and I'm going to get it. And then something comes up and I don't get it. And I'm like, well, I'll just do it next year. Mm-hmm. And then something happens. And I'm like, ah, well, I'll just do it next year. And then finally I got it. Um, the reason I love it, one, well, one, it's kind of associated with Milwaukee. So Mae West, she got secretly married in Milwaukee when she was 17. <laughs> Not many people know, know that. that. Yeah. Um, but she was an actress and she got started in her career really late, like in probably like her early 30s she started doing film and then she did music um she did some radio a lot of plays and she was just a really multifaceted creative and artist uh that got started late in her career and that was something that i could completely empathize with um she was a huge like advocate for like gay rights women's rights um and she was just she was just a very inspiring person someone way ahead of her time uh and i just I've just always loved her, and this message uh, was something that is just something I live by every day. Uh, you only live once, but if you do it right, once is enough. Uh, I, d- I don't take any day that I'm alive for granted. I'm always trying to push myself to try and get the most out of every day that I can. The next tattoo I'm going to get is never tomorrow, to always remind me to not put stuff off. Um, but this is kind of like a version of that, uh, because I feel like if if you live your life right, you do the things you want to do, um, and you have no regrets. All you need is one life. Yeah. Screw reincarnation. You'll be happy. Uh, and, you know, Fall Out Boy has this really cool line in one of their songs that says, um, I've lived so much life. I've lived so much life. God's going to have to kill me twice. And, like, that's that's when I'm on my deathbed, that's what I want to think. Uh, and I even think today, like, if I was to die tomorrow, I'd have no regrets. Yeah. I've, I've literally lived every day of my life as full as I can. And so that's kind of what this tattoo reminds me of. And to never forget that because we all go on this 
in life kind of this roller coaster we have these peaks and these valleys that we hit and like when you're in this that slump where you're like god i don't know if i can make another video or this podcast i'm just not feeling it and i just why am i my business not making any money why is nobody liking my photos uh it's to remind me to just keep going keep hustling keep grinding uh because you'll you'll be back at the top again and so anyways that's kind of the idea behind my tattoo Live the dash. Yes. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that. Do you do you watch Yes Theory at all? No. So there, um, do you know meaning behind live the dash? No. What does that mean to you? Live the dash means like, to me, when you said it, mm-hmm. it made me think like just... Something popped up to you. Like like live the, like life is like running a okay. dash and like just to, to live that, enjoy that run. So, so there is a birth date. Okay. You are born. I was born in 1999. Oh my god, that was the year I graduated high school. Yep. <laughs> you're you have your birth date, your birth year, mm-hmm. and you have your death. Okay. What oh, goes in the middle of the dash? That? The middle part. The dash. I like that. You need to live the dash. Boy, that was different than what I thought it was. <laughs> I've been thinking. About I like get, that. I've been thinking That'd about be getting tattoo. that tattooed. You should. Yeah. It's much better. Uh, live the dash. I like this one much better. This one is so stupid. I hate it. What about? I'm not even going to explain it. <laughs> For anyone listening, it is a play button, then a power button. And a power button. It has meaning, but it's like every year that goes on, it's like less. It has to do with music and never forgetting to play, like never stop playing music, which I did. <laughs> so to get back into it. Yes. You're on a lot of podcasts. Yeah. God, I'm on a lot of podcasts. Hundreds? Think you've been on a hundred podcasts? Yet? Oh, yeah. I've been on a hundred. I've been on a, over a hundred podcasts, probably. Best one ever. Honestly, probably besides this one, <laughs> uh, I was just on a, a local one called Casual Millennials Podcast, which was a really, really cool one. That's funny. I just had a, a conversation with Michael Sampson. Oh, really? And he was just on the same nice, podcast. Nice. It's it's just it was a really cool conversation. Uh, they asked me some really really interesting questions, um, and it, it was really neat. Kind of just talking about my journey and all the things that is a millennial which i don't even think the new generation is not even millennial anymore so no, i'm gen z yeah you're gen z and there's uh, gen alpha younger than that's like zero to like four years old oh right that doesn't count yet. so they're irrelevant <laughs> okay boomer <laughs> <laughs> uh but it was it was a really really cool podcast i really enjoyed that i mean they're all great in, in their own ways but i really really i left that one i was like boy that was a good conversation haven't listened to it yet but it felt good yeah what do you what do you wish more people asked you or what do you what do you wish like you could talk about more that you kind of hold back because it doesn't come up in Ooh, natural conversations I think the hardest thing when I do podcasts is I have a um like a very unique I'm going to pontificate for a little bit I have a very unique and inspiring journey and story uh, and I've learned that through all the questions people have asked me and I've kind of realized that and it's just like I went through so much to get to where I am today. And like, it's still like right now, can you see my eyes starting to tear up? I think about all the shit that I had to go through, all the stuff that I struggled through to kind of get to where I am today and how long it took. And in thinking about all those times where I was like, you're not, you're not going to get it. Like, I know you, I know you want it, but it just might not be in the cards for you. And, and to still continue pushing on, um, that's a hard story to kind of compress and compartmentalize in a half an hour or an hour or a nine minute segment segment on a radio show i could talk about it for hours for probably weeks and so i think for me the hardest thing like when i do podcasts or the thing that kind of i hold back the most is just completely unleashing that story and those feelings uh because it takes so long to kind of like tell it like if i i could go for 10 minutes and talk about like what just one day of my life was when I was doing working 10 hours a day on cars, doing my vlog, going to meetings, shooting photography and videos and networking events all in a 24 hour day. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't know how the fuck I did it. I could never do it again. Um, But I think that would be the thing that is the hardest to kind of tell and convey and that I hold back the most because I'm just so I get worked up over it. Like I'm so passionate about it because it was such a huge chunk of my life and it was such an almost impossible uh 
thing to like, I don't know, kind of go through. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I appreciate... And I won't be able to do it without my wife, by the way. Just yeah. plug for Jen. <laughs> I, I appreciate you bringing that up and being being open about that because yeah. sometimes for me, like, I feel like guilty that I, like, not that I've had like a completely just home run, tee it up, great life. Like, it's, yeah. it's everything perfect. I don't have to work for it. But content creators like you literally, literally pave the way for content creators like me, like a few years apart. I, pre- I appreciate and I, that. I, like, I want you to know like how much impact, maybe it's not, you don't directly see it, uh-huh. but people like you and creators like Casey Neistat and like, it's all a big tyranny and a yeah. big, big pyramid of content creators. That is, you know, that it, is, it's, it's very true. It starts with the top. Like they do something completely out of the ordinary. They pave the way for the next creators that yeah. pave the way for the next creators. And it goes down to this tiny micro influencer level of some kid randomly buying buying an iPhone and making videos because he saw Martin Moore's video or Casey too. Neistat's video. So those are completely different levels. But I want you to know like your own significance of that. like the videos that get 80 views or 100 views yes. or whatever they are like that can change people's lives oh, because sure. you never know like for who's sure. actually listening to your videos I, there's nothing i love more than like every morning i wake up i check my emails check my dms and it's always filled isn't the word but there's there's at least five or ten people every day that are like thanks for inspiring me i just started my youtube channel or i want to start doing instagram stories like what do i do how do i tell a story uh, i've been following you for a while i really want to start my, I don't know, my own cooking YouTube channel or my own uh, photography YouTube channel. Uh, and it's really cool and humbling that I I have inspired so many people, uh, or at least that's yeah. because of it. Uh, and it's really cool because when I started, there was nobody. Like all of my, the people that like I looked up to were untouchable. They were people that lived in Seattle or Los Angeles or whatever. There was no one in Milwaukee. And so it's been so cool now to see the community of creatives in this city kind of come together. And stuff like this, you and I, five years ago, it wouldn't happen. There was no networking events. There was nobody creating content on LinkedIn or YouTube or any of that shit. There was just nobody doing this. It was dead. And the last five years, it's just exploded. Uh, I'd like to think I've been a small part of that coming to fruition 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 in this city uh in being just one of those small people doing their part in their city to kind of uh i don't know lead the pave the way and that kind of stuff i guess i I like that you brought that up and i want to touch on one point of like you i know this from like a physical location standpoint but you see other creators in seattle and la and new york and whatever they are and they seem untouchable but going back to like again kind of like my tyranny of influencer levels if you will of the pyramid of influencers i look at influencers like casey nice peter mckinnon casey adams yeah. and there's there's a whole level of them and i had a great conversation with a with a friend of mine um and he just i, I was essentially talking about them from like a not like a romantic way. I don't know if romantic's the, but like yeah. a fantasizing way of like, oh, they are amazing. They're yeah. so far ahead of me. But then he was like, dude, it's, they're just another human being. Mm-hmm. Like stop, stop comparing yourself. Like yeah. you're so far below them because you have unique values too. Sure. You need to lean on those instead of relying on what value they bring. They're not doing anything that you can't do. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and when you, when you realize that Peter McKinnon's not doing anything that, some kid living in their parents' basement can't do. Anyone can do that stuff. It's it's the skills in being able to present something to the world that is unique that no one else has really been doing yet. Um, so many people, I think, have these idols, whether they're bloggers or they're models or they're vloggers or photographers, and they, they focus so much on wanting to kind of like be that person and, and, and create create what they enjoy consuming. Uh, and that's neat, but all you're doing is becoming like a Me Too product. You know, you're just trying to make another Apple Watch. You're just trying to make another Tesla. And what you have to do is really take all the things, all the content that you enjoy, whether it's a podcast or a fashion blog or someone on LinkedIn, and kind of create your own thing that stands on its own that separates you from everybody else uh, because that's really the only thing that's going to get you on Peter McKinnon's level or Casey Neistat's level or Chase Jarvis's level. They all have something to offer 
that no one else really did. And so that's what you've got to kind of find, you know, and the city's ripe for the picking for all that kind of stuff. There's still so much space in the city to clean up in. Uh, that's why I started vlogging. Yeah. No one was offering that. Everyone was doing, everyone was becoming like big time Instagrammers in the city or big time for us was I don't know, like 50,000 <laughs> followers. And yeah, I like doing photography, but I just would have been another Me Too Instagrammer in Milwaukee. And I was like, I'm going to do what everyone else isn't doing. And I'm going to start a YouTube channel about Milwaukee. And I was able to give people, at least in the city, something that no one else was giving them. Uh, and you can do that with whatever the theme of your podcast is or your radio show or, you know, uh, finding that I think is, is just vital. Uh, and again, you can you can start doing that when you're 17. You don't you don't need all the gear that Peter McKinnon or MKBHD has. You just got to be able to tell a story and give something to the world that no one else is really doing. Everyone wants to be a leader. Yes. That's, I that's, hate that shit. That's pretty apparent. It drives me crazy. What's more important than the leader? What makes a good leader? What makes a leader? What makes a leader? Uh, because we hear, don't be a follower. Yeah. Um, taking chances, not being afraid to say things, convey things, to try things, to show other people... Um, that there is no right or wrong way to do something or to say something or to be something. I think that's what makes a good leader. And I think a lot of people think there are wrong ways to say and do and be things. Uh, and I think you need to to see and hear other people convey that message and not only convey it, but show it, improve it and say, I don't give a shit. I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it my way. Uh, I think that's what being a good leader is. Are you a leader without your first follower? Are you a leader without your first follower? I don't think you get to crown. I don't think anybody gets to crown themselves the king of a influencer or a leader. Uh, you're you're given those titles. So like one thing I always hate is like I hear like young content creators. They say, you know, I want to I want to I want to influence others. I want to you know, I want to be influencer. I want to influence others uh, and inspire. I want to inspire yeah. others. You, you don't you don't get again. You don't get to crown yourself that yeah. other people put that on you and there's so many people out there trying to chase that that want to be an influencer you don't you don't get to decide that uh and i think if you're chasing that uh you're gonna get winded really quick in that run that's not a race that you're ever gonna win <laughs> i i bring that up because i i feel like a lot of people are siloed specifically in content creation people want to be that go-to person and yes. they they shut out a lot of people around them totally. instead of bringing them in and that's why i brought up like everyone wants to be this leader but literally none, none of the if peter mckinnon had zero followers he wouldn't be where he is right now yeah so how to get there like be be the first follower of someone and like latch onto them learn from them yeah and then go like I think I think ego gets in the way a lot of the times of oh, that. God. Have you have you seen that viral like dance video of dude at some music festival on a big hill doing like a whack dance? Everyone's sitting down. Have you have you seen no, that? No, I don't think I have. I'm I not, spent a lot of time on YouTube. I'm not so going to. I'm haven't. not going to pull it up right now, but I'm going to pull it up after. Sorry, guys, watching content. Maybe we'll. Put, you can put it like we'll include it on the YouTube right video. Here. So if you're listening to the podcast, hop over to YouTube because it's going to be there too. So <laughs> link uh, in description. Link link in description. But uh, yeah, like the main the main like purpose of this video is we glorify being a leader so much. And I, yes. I'm not saying anything's bad about being a leader. That's that's amazing. Hustle porn. Hustle porn. But we don't talk about how important it is to support others and be the first follower of someone. Oh, for sure. Uh, I can't tell you, one of the things that I love to do now that I've kind of like caught my carrot in air quotes is to is to help others. To I have access now um, to a platform where I can you're an aspiring model. Okay. You've never modeled in your life before. You can come have your first modeling gig for a multi-million dollar worldwide company. It costs, Oh, you're starting up a podcast and you're having a hard time getting any real guests. I'll go on your podcast. I don't care. I'll share my story. I'll use me to help, you know, start your own thing. Uh, and I think giving back, I think that's absolutely vital. And so when you say be someone else's first follower, that's something that that's a mantra of mine that I've just lived by since I've, started this thing but more so since i've kind of uh, got my job at cost and like i don't i don't need to do any of these podcasts i don't need to do my radio show i don't need to there's a lot of stuff i don't need to do i would have loved to have all the shit that i get to do 
while I was like on my journey. <laughs> it, so it kind of sucks that I get it now. Um, I do it because I want to give back. I want to share my story. Uh, I'm, people obviously care about it. It's inspiring to other people. And so, um, yeah, I, I just, I like to be other people's first followers. I like to like, I, I always want to change my, my bio to, I, I'm the guy that will like all your photos on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> What's holding you back? Huh? What's holding you oh, back? Oh, I do. I always do. You have people log in and they'll like take a screenshot and like share it on. It's like, <laughs> Martin, we're just like, like 55 of my photos. Um, Number one yeah, su- supporting others is huge because if you ever want people to support you, you got to support others and not BS patronizing, supporting yeah. real authentic support networking and love for other people i always say it's it's easy to make relationships with other people it's damn hard to maintain those relationships yeah and so there's i see so many people that get on a podcast or make a relationship with i don't know some other photographer or entrepreneur yeah and they exchange numbers and they talk for a couple of days and then that's it yep. me i'm constantly trying to stay in communication the best i can with people and I mean, we've been kicking it now for you were at costs, I don't know, a couple months ago. Yeah. I'm here and we've kind of just been doing this around and around and around. And there's people that I do that with. There's people that you do that with. Uh, but there's a lot of people out there that just suck on the teat of whoever they just met, get what they can get out of them and then just move on. And that's just such a, a sad way to kind of go through your hustle. <laughs> yeah. And there's like that brings up two different. Uh, portions of like investing essentially like yeah. obviously there's monetary investments but then there's like social investments totally. or, or two different forms of capital there there's money and then there's social capital yeah, social well, capital is much more important yeah it, it is because it say say i i just meet your a connection of mine or a, a mutual connection of ours connects me to you sam yeah. to martin and i let you down and like we we have one coffee meeting i'm supposed to follow up next week i never do i blow this <laughs> i blow this meeting off i'm doing a disservice to our mutual connection because that person invested time into both of us. Yeah, totally. You invested time into me saying like, yeah, yep. I'll, I'll grab coffee for a half hour, even if it's just 20 minutes, whatever it is. Yep. For me not to show up, that's a loss on your guys' investment. So for me, it's that's like- That's a loss for you. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it absolutely is. But a lot of people don't see that. No, they don't. And those are the people that, that's what separates. I always say there's two kinds of people in this world. There's people that want it and there's people that get it. And that's that example is an example of someone that wants it, but won't get it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you if you want it, you go to the networking events. If you want it, you go do the podcast, the episode one, season one of some dude in his basement that just started it. Um, that free photo shoot, uh, that YouTube video for that local company that you're not getting paid for. That's what separates the people that that. W- want this whether it's a business or a youtube channel or be an influencer from the people that go and actually get it mm. that's amazing oh, and, and a, as a as a getter people like you and me will just steal it from everybody else <laughs> uh tom billy says fuck patience do you know yeah. do you know tom billy no i don't but so, I, I sure like the quote <laughs> He he's the founder of Quest. They just sold for a billion dollars, so he knows his stuff. Yeah, he he knows a thing or two about building businesses, and um, he's he's similar in ways to Gary V. Gary V. preaches patience a lot. Yeah, and and Tom's like, dude, if you're patient even for five seconds, I'm gonna eat your lunch. So it's it's a very not not polarizing because it's not a super heavy topic, uh, um, but it's just a like a fresh reminder of like there's always a balance here. I like I like Gary's quote of macro patience, micro speed. Yeah. Like day to day, you need to move fast. You need to be oh for sure. You need to be capitalizing on opportunities faster than everyone else. That's why I do my emails at five in the morning. I get to everybody before you. Yep. That's why I wear the same outfit every single day. It's one less decision I have to make. It gets me to my computer faster. It gets me networking faster. Um, but I would say. Patience is absolutely vital. I think, I think fuck patience is a, is a great way to kind of like, if you if you're really hungry to to look at your day to day. But I think it's a horrible and poor way um, to kind of uh, frame your expectations because if you if you say fuck patience when you if you have some kind of end goal that you're that you're trying to chase uh you're gonna eat yourself alive in six months or a year anybody can do anything for six months for a year yep are you willing to put in five ten fifteen years to get what you want that's gonna take patience yeah and so 
Yeah. And again, that that's it's why a, uh, it's that, that's I like that Gary V. That's why I like macro patients, micro speed. Yeah, I like that. Like, I like that. That's that's one of my favorite quotes yeah. from you just, him. You got to be in love with the process. I mean, yeah. I, Gary V preaches that shit all the time. You got to be in love with doing. You have to enjoy getting no sleep. You have to enjoy flying to God knows where. You have to enjoy doing the podcast and, and sucking and, and not getting what you want. Or otherwise, it's going to eat you alive. Like, I don't know. For me, as much as I wanted my to do, be a photographer and, and not work on cars, I was going to do it regardless if I, I was going to go through all that shit every day working on cars, uh, all the extracurricular stuff, whether I got my dream job or not, because I, I'm like addicted. Like it's like a drug. I'm addicted to the, the doing the process. It's like pulling a slot machine, like ching, sweet. I got this sweet YouTube video deal. Ching, oh sweet, I got this photography deal with this new company. Oh sweet, I got this deal with costs. And instead of cashing out, you want more and you just put more time and more energy into the slot machine. You keep pulling and pulling and pulling. You'll never fucking win. <laughs> You're either gonna die or lose all your money. Uh and so you have to you have to enjoy pulling the slot machine and sitting in the chair uh and not chasing uh the payout, I guess, in my personal opinion. That was fire. <laughs> that was fire. So, Martin Moore, one question you want to... How, how are you remembering all this stuff? Boy, you got a good memory. I don't know. I, I actually don't. I actually have one of the like worst memories I know. Really? Um, that, that's a big reason why I wanted to start this podcast. Nice. Um, because like I've, I've struggled being completely present in conversations in the past, and I know like a lot of people struggle with this, but people don't really bring it up too much uh, like life is super busy obviously there there's a million things going on in everyone's life whether you run a business you're sure. a stay-at-home mom whatever it is so it's very hard to put those emotions and kind of put those thoughts to the side and be 100 present in that those conversations oh sure and i've been i've been meditating a lot and that's what like meditation has taught me like Yes, you can have all of these thoughts, but let them pass, similar to clouds on a cloudy day. Yeah. Like, be present and 100% in the conversation, yes. but let those thoughts pass. So that's why I like am starting like this that. podcast because it's like it's a chance for me to be 100% committed, present, everything off besides this one conversation. Got some homework for all the well the listeners and the viewers. So I did this thing. I was a person that loved to talk, like most people just they love to talk they're just waiting for their chance to talk they want to be heard and i was yeah i was one of those people and so this might have been i don't know eight ten years ago i did this thing where for a month all i did was listen i didn't talk unless someone asked me a question so if like let's say you and i went out for coffee or something like that i would just listen to you ask you questions but i would never just start telling and explaining things to you i would just wait for you if you ask me a question sweet if you never ask me a question i didn't talk and i did that for a whole month and it really made me be present in conversations it really made me care what you were saying care about your struggles care about the vacation you took uh you know oh you're getting married awesome congratulations like it really made me present and really made me kind of just slow down be in the moment and think and accept and care about what people are telling me uh and so if you are someone like me who struggles with yapping all the time, just listen for a month. It's uh, it's astonishing. And it, like you said, it really teaches you to be patient and to be present. Definitely helps with doing podcasts. <laughs> I love that. And if like if you want to be an interested person, be interested in others. Ooh, I like that. Well done. Joe Peschel, you taught me that one. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> so with... Uh, ending ending this podcast what is one thing you would like to ask the viewers um or one request you have of them one request one request when is this podcast going to be out soon this week this week uh please watch my 2019 year in review recap video i would be much appreciated i spend so every year for like the last five years uh Starting on November 1st, I start editing my 2019 year in review video. Um, and they're always like thematically and aesthetically kind of the same. They have, they start off with this piano music, and I try to really capture what my year was like and show like everything that I did and experienced and struggled with. Uh, and I just, I'm, it's the video and the piece of content I'm most proud of. And if there's one piece of content that I would love people to see, if at all, it would be this video because I put a ton of time into it. 
I find it to be inspiring for me. Maybe other people will be inspired. So my one request would be uh, on December 31st, maybe give it a watch. Hopefully you like it. If not, keep it to yourself. (laughs) December 31st, watch. We will have a starting blank special video with this exact quote. And then you don't even need to go to Martin's first. You can watch it from starting blank. We are going to link this video directly into it. And then you're going to go to his platform and support him. Give it a like, give it a share, and not just share starting blank because it is Martin's video. And that is what we are going to do. You're in the video, by the way, too. For like a a split second. That's okay. I try to. So I save every single video I've ever taken for the last 15 years. Every Instagram story, every video on my two megapixel Kodak point and shoot from 15 years ago. And so I, I save... Every video, and when I do this video, I try to put in every single person that I have video of that I interacted with in the whole year. That's crazy. It's tough. I have to go through a lot of terabytes of video, but I try to put in every single person, just for, even if it's for a quick second. Yeah. But it's like, oh, I forgot about that time. I forgot about that time. And it's just, it's fun. That's know. crazy. So anyways. That, that, that's why I create, uh, to look back. Well, thank you for having me on the show. Thank you for, for being you on so the show. I love you so much. I love you too. I love you too. Well, guys, this was it. This was episode, I believe, nine with the Martin Moore. Thank you guys for tuning in, whether you are watching our beautiful faces or listening to our beautiful voices. I appreciate each and every one of you. And if you guys like what you hear or see, please take a screenshot and post it on your social media of choice. We will show you some love right back. Martin Moore, where can people find you? Uh, at Martin Moore Jr. on anything. If you just put in Martin Moore in any social platform, I'll be the first one that pops up. There you go. Weird flex, but okay. Again, appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate you, Martin. And I will see you guys or you guys will hear me tomorrow on the next podcast. Again, thank you, Martin. Have a good one, guys. Thanks, dude.